Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to a very special episode of the Gultum Collective Podcast. Yes, Dave and I are in the studio, and um, why are you waving that magic wand at me? It's a kind of magic. <laughs> uh, yes, it's actually the wine he's been drinking is more likely. <laughs> it's called the elixir, elixir of life. <laughs> I'll drink to that. So oh, there um, you go. <laughs> uh, put put your pestle and mortar down and get on with it. Alrighty then. Well, what we're here to do tonight is to um, give a bit of a, re- a review to the end of Merlin. Yes, in a land of myth and a time of magic, uh, Dave discovered wine. Um, no, we found out uh, late last year, Merlin Series 5 was going to be the last series of Merlin. Quite odd circumstances, which I think um, I'll talk on a bit later. Um, but what we want to do is uh, give our review of uh, especially the last two episodes, but Series 5 as an overall thing. As you know, we have done uh, reviews for, I think, pretty much every season up until now. Yeah, I think that the, the last time we revisited it was uh, episode uh, 135. We did a, uh, a Merlin Series 4 review uh, dated 29th of January 2012. And well, lo and behold, a whole year has gone by because here we are in January 2013. There you go. Now, unfortunately, uh, we were supposed to be reviewing this with the entire collective, but unfortunately there were not enough people on audio to uh, to make it worthwhile us doing a, a, a live show uh, for, for Merlin. So Dave and I thought we'd just get together and have a bit of a natter and some wine and everything goes a little better with some wine anyway. Uh, so that's what we're doing. Dave and I are going to talk about Merlin. So if you're all sitting comfortably, Dave and I are about to natter about Merlin. Yeah, and no Gaius jokes, please. I'm not the old, I'm not the old uh, guy in the corner. I don't think I have a comment for that one. All right. Well, we're going to kind of uh, briefly kind of uh, gloss over uh, each episode. Uh, don't want to spend too long delving into each episode. We're going to get to the, the meat at the end. But um, we opened up with episode one of series five, Arthur's Bane, part one. Uh, three years on from the end of series four, which 
the, the funny thing is with this episode is I don't think they actually said that it was four years on. Um, and it didn't Did really... it on screen. It said on screen. Ah, oh, there was a thing it that was... said something like three years of peace. Ah, oh. right. It it's very abrupt and very. Yeah, uh... It didn't really give the, the the full impression and uh, seemed a bit you know odd. Uh, but anyway, yeah, three years on from the end of uh, Series 4, Arthur has never felt stronger, with Queen Guinevere and the Knights of the Round Table at his side. But even as Camelot flowers, so the dark seeds of her destruction are being sown. For in the frozen wastelands of the North, men are disappearing without trace. It's the wine, you know. Uh, in search of answers, King Arthur and his knights must undertake a dangerous mission to the unknown. And the magic used there was at cultbox.co.uk. <laughs> Yes, thank you very much, Coltbox, for providing us with a uh, brief plot synopsis. See, I can say that now. And I've had wine. Uh, plot synopsis of, uh, of of each episode. Um, the wonderful thing about uh, about that particular episode was uh, we had a bit of a cameo. <gasps> yes. By a friend of ours. Yes. I have uh, Liam Cunningham. Liam Cunningham, yeah. Liam Cunningham was in there. Uh, playing Rudan. Which is... Which is I guess that's one of the first things that made me mad about Series 5 is that, um, spoiler alert, if, if you haven't seen all of these, you're probably listening to the wrong show. But spoiler alert, he gets knocked off. Uh, it's like, how, about, how, about, how, how do you get rid of a man with a voice like that? But anyway, we, we roll right into um, and include, of course, uh, Arthur's Bane Part 2. Ancient prophecies of Mordred weigh heavy on Merlin, uh, for not even he can sway Arthur from his chosen path. As dawn breaks across the icy tundra, Merlin and Arthur are close to exhaustion. With each tortured step, the fortress of Izmir looms ever nearer, and Merlin's fear intensifies. What game is Mordred playing? What powerful secrets are Morgana and the druid uh, Ruadan, played by Liam Cunningham, with a lovely voice, uh, searching for amongst the twisted catacombs. It seems like this time not even Merlin can stop Arthur from walking right into the lion's den. For in this bleak and transient wilderness, only one thing is certain. The great trial for Albion has finally begun. Not, not a bad opener, I think. Uh, kind of plunges you right into the action. You know, we bring, of course, um, Mordred. Yeah, Mordred. Um, so essentially, it just you know, kind of brought him right back into the fold. I mean, really what we're looking at here is setting up the finale. Uh, that's what these episodes were. Um, but I'll get to that a bit later as, as far as the finale goes. Um, but good. I mean, everybody's on form. The acting's great. Uh, you know, we've got Liam Cunningham in there, so can't go wrong there. Uh, but again, I'm not really getting the passage of the passing of time that we're supposed to have to me, it seems like it's the next day from you know, the last series. Uh, because uh, I guess to me that the, the Arthur never really kind of seemed to be the confident King that he really should have been after four years. I don't know how you felt about it coming into it, whether, whether you got that, well, he it was, it was thrust into this role, wasn't he, of, of King prematurely. He, he didn't think that his father, I mean, he'd always thought of his father as um, uh, a rock. And even though he was a very harsh ruler, um, he'd always deferred to him. And um, 
uh, a little bit like Prince Charles here in the UK. <laughs> he never actually thought he'd get to the throne, if you know what I mean. Right. So that was uh, that, one of the aspects. And also, of course, um, things move faster in this fifth series because, as you quite rightly said, uh, they suddenly got the announcement quite early on that this was going to be the fifth series. Now, uh, many of us were thinking that, um, of course, it had moved to high definition by now. Uh, the cast were pretty well, um, you know, established in their roles. Uh, one or two of the the old guard had left with, with his father having died, although he does reprise the role in one of the episodes we'll talk about in a minute or two. Next um, but it did seem as though um, we went from four series of, you know, uh, something's going wrong in the castle, something's going wrong in the forest, something's right. going wrong in the castle, something's going wrong in the forest. And you think, well, you can keep doing that for you know seven years, and you can go on like Smallville, um, and, and never actually have a progression. Well, as you quietly say, they open this and uh, hang on a minute, we've uh, we've jumped three years. The round table is established. Uh, we even see Guinevere sitting at the round table with them, and um, you know. <laughs> Camelot's enjoyed three good years of prosperity. Right. How many episodes of that do we get? <laughs> yeah, exactly. that all happened between series four and series five. Yeah, um, but I've got some I've got some theories on that at the at, at, towards the end of the show that uh, I want to kind of delve well, into. Okay. But yeah, um, so as as Dave said, uh, the next uh, episode, episode three, the Death Song of Uther Pendragon, where we get Anthony Head back on on screen again. Uh, when a stranger gives Arthur the power to summon the dead, the king finds himself torn between head and heart. Unable to resist the temptation, he seizes the chance to speak to the person he misses most, his father, Uther Pendragon. Played by Anthony Head. Um, but the spirit world is a dark and dangerous place. For little does Arthur realize that his decision comes at a terrible price. Against all odds, Merlin must put right Arthur's mistake before Camelot. And everything they've built is destroyed forever. It's it's an odd episode. Um, I I, I, I could kind of understand it. Uther kind of went out in a in a a puff rather than a um an explosion. Uh, he basically was on his deathbed, and then it was like, oh, oh, he's dead now. And that was it. There was no big fight. There was no. He just kind of faded um, off. Uh, and I think, uh, as I was just saying, I think the other thing is, is there's been a change of mood because this becomes the fifth series, the 13 episodes, by the way. Um, now, episode three is usually, if you remember back to some of the earlier series, is usually the silly episode. Yeah, the Monster of the Week. The Goblin, Goblin's around, yeah. Gold. <laughs> you remember that where he had uh, making everybody fart and things like that. They were, they had the, so usually you'd be expected to have uh, a couple of... Um, rather light-hearted you know um uh, you know arthur and merlin having a you know slapstick type of a, a thing or um you know a mischievous wizard comes to the uh, thing or, or what have you and here of course because um and you will talk about it later of course when we get to the the the, the last is a two-parter so we've only actually got 12 episodes so it, it's as though the 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 storylines having to move at a slightly faster pace, and this dark episode to me was a bit of a surprise this early on. Right. Yeah, and, and I mean, again, 
there's there's no faulting any of the acting in any of these episodes. Uh, it's always been a really strong cast, uh, all the way down to the the, the knights and and everything. Um, and but this to me it didn't kind of help the whole oh three or four years have passed. Um, I could imagine Arthur doing this within six months to a year uh, of Uther's passing. You know, he wants well, to see his dad. He wants to see. You know, if he's doing it right now, but how, you think after four or five years he'd be confident in his his new role as king? You know, um, we've settled into it. <laughs> right. Well, well the, the other thing is as well. Uh, I mean, I said about the two parts. Of course, it, as you mentioned, it was a two part to start with, and these first three parts. Uh, uh, well, the first two parts were written by Julian Jones. This one was written by. Howard Overman, uh, but all directed by the same Justin Moldovico. Yeah, something you always like that. pick the worst ones. Yeah, I do. I do indeed. <laughs> but um, what this reminded me of, uh, I'm a great fan of the TV series uh, Smallville, um, and uh, of course in that um, uh, Clark Kent uh, loses his father. You know, from the, the the classic story. You know, his father has a heart attack and so on, and um, uh, they have a, an episode where, you know, he's desperate to get the guidance of his father. He's missing his father. He doesn't feel confident enough and, and wants basically um, an approval from his father after he's gone. And there's a little bit of remorse there. So all the things that perhaps uh, a son that, that didn't see eye to eye with his father would have. But as I say, it was the, the fact that this series is fairly unremitting in the, the dark side. As it were. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's a good exploration exploration episode of 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 of, uh, of Arthur, but again, one that would have been better last year. You know, an episode after his death. Right. Uh, but you know, okay, we'll skip ahead to uh, episode four, another sorrow. Uh, with Princess uh, Mythian, uh, played by Janet Montgomery, uh, as the perfect bait. Uh, Morgana conjures a deception so powerful that the whole of Camelot is taken in, even Merlin himself. But as storm clouds gather, will the young warlock see through the lies, or will Morgana at last fulfill her dreams of revenge? Yeah, it's um, actually got a little bit lost, I think, this episode in amongst... I mean, it's always the case. It can be in your memory with these middle episodes. And one thing we, we haven't mentioned and we should do, uh, quite often when we're talking about these programmes on the Cult and Collective, you know, they are family shows. Now, although I think uh, Merlin started off as a family show, this started to get aired. Uh, I mean, these were aired after eight. 8.30, sometimes 8.20 in the evening here in the UK. And there's no doubt about it, uh, as I was saying, there's a, a little bit of a more, not adult themes, because there's never anything really sexual or whatever in them, but they're definitely dealing with um, uh, less fanciful and, uh, you know, um, it, it's a far cry from uh, The Sorcerer's Apprentice. We're definitely very much are the uh, sword in the stone. We're very much here with them, you know, them battling with them, you know, these um, attempts to bring down Camelot. Uh, and in one sense, again, you probably want to mention this at the end, but, we, you know, 
we're, we're slightly limited in the number of villains because it's um, a little bit like Sherlock Holmes. Something bad's happening. Oh, it must be it must be Moriarty, you know. And here, of course, something bad happening. Well, it must be Morgana. So uh, we we do get a little bit of um, you know you, you're examining everything from that uh, thing, and um, this is also um, getting towards the middle where the actual ratings were dropping slightly and i just give you a moment to gather your thoughts where where we were sort of over seven million viewers we're, we're dropping to um six and three quarter million in this middle section and then as we get towards um you know the uh the eighth ninth and tenth the the numbers start to pick up again over seven million uh climaxing um towards the end, uh, well, episode 11 and 12, getting on nearly to 9 million. So um, I'm not saying it dropped off in quality, but th there are one or two of these middle episodes that I find it difficult to, you know, to remember them as individual stories. Right. I mean, uh, this one's the same for me, and I just kind of re quickly reviewed the uh, some of the video just so I could remember. And, uh, yeah, it's a bit like that. It's It's a bit of a... One you probably are sitting there going, which one are they talking about again? Yes, it's called Another Sorrow. It's episode four. It's one they kind of really kind of just you end up losing. Uh, it's a good episode. It, it, again, it's the power of, of 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 Arthur again winning over the day and with the help of Merlin. But going and, off on a on a quest, right. isn't he? I mean, he's yeah. supposed to be this king who's been ruled ruling for three years now and got this stability, and then at the drop of a hat, this princess comes along, and uh, he's he's off, you know, knight in shining armor, right. not realizing that it's possibly a trap that he's walking into. Yeah. But anyway, we'll skip on a, to uh, episode five, the Seer. Uh, in the inky depths of an ancient pool, three soothsayers cast a dark judgment upon the king of Camelot. But despite Merlin's warnings, headstrong Arthur refuses to take the words of the seer. Uh, Francis uh, Tumulti, uh, San Thomas, uh, and uh, Helen Schlesinger. Oh boy, I picked the right ones to, <laughs> to pronounce. <laughs> I'm giving you that one, Dave. Uh, uh, refuses to take them seriously, and their fury rains down upon Camelot. Only the greatest sacrifice can appease them, and with the kingdom in jeopardy, it is one that uh, is it one that Arthur is prepared to make. Faced with the king's uncertainty, Merlin must take uh, one chance to save him from his destiny, but this decision comes at the highest price. Yeah, now I do remember about this one in terms of that um, you know he was quite disrespectful Arthur when they were going through and they were you know they were they, they were he, he didn't have any time really for these people. Right. Uh, and then uh, there was a complete switch about in his behaviour, uh, but of course we then have these suspicions that um, Merlin has got. He he doesn't trust this uh, this more. Um, I keep forgetting the guy's name, uh, the young lad. Uh, uh, yeah, Mordred. Him, Mordred, um, and this suspicion. I mean, he's told Gaius that he's suspicious. Gaius has told him that no, he he seems to be you know all trustworthy and so on, and um, and of course this is one of these um, where you have a character that's um, you know you, you don't really know which side he's on, and of course that will play to the strength of the series as it comes towards the climax. So I suppose in one sense you had to have that in these middle episodes. 
right. uh, because you don't know whether he's going to be a reliable character or whether, you know, Merlin's being paranoid or whether, in fact, you know, he will throw in his lot uh, because, of course, uh, you know, uh, he, he was saved by Merlin earlier on in a, in an earlier series. Right. I mean, again, just like the previous one, I said, another one of these older strengths of the Great King. Um, you know, where, but I, I do wish he wouldn't blunder into these things like he does. It's like, you know, oh, it's the headstrong king, but then in the end, he, mm. you know, learns the error of his ways, which is the simplified version of this episode. You know, he goes in there begging and bleeding at the end, and that's pretty much, you know, what we have to say. The next episode, episode six, The Dark Tower. When Gwen is snatched from Camelot without warning, Merlin knows there can be only one person responsible. Dave AC. Oh, sorry, no, Morgana. Uh, <laughs> Arthur is determined to rescue his queen, uh, but it's not going to be easy, for she's locked in the Dark Tower, a place that haunts the dreams of men. Arthur and his knights must embark on a quest like no other. Battling through the, a landscape riddled with hidden dangers, perilous obstacles, and magical beings as they near their goal, Merlin's sense of dread reaches breaking point. What twisted game is Morgana is Morgana playing? And more importantly, who is to guess on? Oh, sorry. And more importantly, uh, just what is the final test that awaits them in the tower? Well, I got a bit distracted while you're I've got this sort of black gunge dripping on my shoulder here uh. as I look up. Somebody's put a mandrake root hanging from the ceiling. Mm. I actually enjoyed this episode um, um, because, of course, it's setting up what's going to be the plot point for um, a little bit of the story because, of course, we've um, you know we, we've had villains without and we've had villains within. And who's the person that Arthur is not going to suspect over anybody else? Of course, his beautiful wife, Gwen. And, yeah. of course, that is why... Uh, Morgana uh, has this plot and um, we have this sort of rather it, it, I'm not too sure how they got away with the sort of timing of it but we have to assume that over a period of time you know her mental faculties are broken down and she's basically brainwashed um, um, and of course it has that little twist at the end when you think all is good Arthur brings Gwen back to Camelot uh, we have the funeral of course Um it started off with the... By the way, I thought it was rather funny when they went to see their father's grave. It's just a sort of little uh, little hollow in the in the side of the mountain and there's just right. a pile of stones. I thought I thought their father might have had a little bit more of a... Uh, or there might have been a, a series of graves where, you know, it was outside some village somewhere. Right. But, um, yeah, um, it was a turning point in the story, but I actually like the Dark Tower um, because it, it, it promised that there was going to be, you know, uh, intrigue from an unknown quarter, as it were. Right. Unfortunately, of course, maybe one thing I should say here is that um, perhaps they should have kept us, the viewer, in the dark a bit more because, of course, we were in on the fact that she was now uh, brainwashed and betrayed and it was uh, it was the other characters that didn't know that. Yeah, uh, the the episode itself, the Dark Tower, was good. Um, the the kind of suspense of will they or won't they rescue her, mm. and and will she break or won't she break? And like you said, it, it appears that she doesn't break until the very very end of the episode. 
And of course, um, here, um, Elian, uh, leaves the, the Knights of the Round Table and gets, uh, offed. Uh, so she basically loses her, her brother, which I'm a little mad about the way they did that because, uh, because she's under Morgana's power at the end. It's just kind of like, oh, yeah, oh well, my brother's dead. Tough, you know, I'm going to yeah. sink the king. And it, it just really kind of, uh, it takes away from what I think should have been a really poignant uh, passing. You know, she's lost her father. Now she's lost her brother. She has no more family. But here we are shrouded with this whole, um, she's been brainwashed. She's really a bad guy, which I don't like because we've had it a few times already where somebody's under a spell or a curse and they're, you know, Actually, you're right when I think about it because um, uh, the, you would have thought if anything would have broken out of a spell was be her last family. Where if it had been one of the other knights that had come up, um, she may have you right. you could have understood her staying under the trance and that not breaking. Yeah. I thought the visual effects, by the way, with the sword reminded me a bit of Jason and the Argonauts, where he's fencing with the sword. I thought that was actually quite well done. Yeah. Um, but um, I think you're right. I think. Um, uh, of course, it, 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 we had the thing in the, the forest where um, Merlin is told that one of their party will die as well. So it was, again, right. uh, none of this is hidden from us. So in some ways, you, you, there could have been more suspense on us not being sure about who the traitor was. Right. And, of course, it is spelt out for us a little bit. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll go on to uh, a lesson in vengeance. Uh Darkness steals into the very heart of Camelot as Morgana and her puppet queen hatch a sinister plan to murder the king. Uh, but when stable hand uh, Tyr Seward uh, becomes caught in the crossfire, he threatens to ruin everything. As the plot thickens and reaches a deadly climax, can a suspicious Merlin unravel the truth before it's too late? <sighs> Again, it's another one of those somebody's evil in the kingdom. Did they really mean to be evil? What sort of spell was it? And it was rather clumsy, I thought. This poison was, the, if I correctly remember, isn't this the poison where she gets it and um, it, it's in two stages? First, you put the person to sleep or something, right? And then you pour something down their ear. Yeah, um, ear. <laughs> which a... was uh, a little bit cumbersome, but yeah. I suppose it it, it 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 was a plot device to allow intervention at some point right. although of course as we find out that doesn't happen but um yeah i mean and i don't mix it, them together and put them both in his drink myself yeah. again it's like oh they the, 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 of course the first part of the spell puts him to sleep so that the second part of the the, the concoction you know, he's asleep for the thing he has to be cured of which means merlin can use his magic to save the king without the king seeing haha Ah, of course, yeah. Right. But anyway, moving on to uh, the next episode, which is where I picked up, I think, basically on uh, Saturday. Uh, I had some catching up to do uh, because of time constraints over the past couple of months with uh, doing plays and everything. And I was a little behind. So I got my little behind in gear and <laughs> watched the next episode. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Yes. So uh, episode eight uh, sees the Hollow Queen come to our screens. Um, when Dougal, oh, sorry, no, Daigle, <laughs> a druid boy, asks Merlin's aid in helping his sick sister. 
Merle agrees and begins a journey to the Valley of the Fallen Kings. This turns out to be a trap. Da da da. <laughs> Just like the one that Arthur had gone on before, yeah. yeah. Uh, set by Morgana. Uh, Daigle reconsiders and saves Merlin. In the meantime, Arthur is entertaining the fearsome Lord Sarum uh, with peace treaties. Guinevere plots Arthur's assassination with the visiting warlord. Morgana and Gwen plan to double cross Sarum, but Sarum does the same. You say Lord Saruman then? I think you're in the Lord of the Rings there. I know. I keep, I'm like, I make sure I say Sarum. <laughs> Um, <laughs> on the day of the treaty signing, Sarum uh, positions an assassin to kill Arthur. Merlin and Daigle arrive just in time to save Arthur and kill Sarum. But Dougal dies in the process. I mean, Daigle dies in the process. Dougal! <laughs> uh, Merlin and Gaius bury Daigle, and Merlin knows that something must be done like when. And Father Ted doesn't know anything about it. No, no, not at all. <laughs> and Safi just drinks. Um, yeah. It's all right. It's again. It's it's this kind of mid-season dalliances yeah. with the the plot twists. Well, yeah, and, yeah, we're stretching the plot out, so we're having a, a an in, inconsequential story here mm-hmm. a little bit. We had one with Arthur going on a wild trip. Now this one with uh, Merlin doing. It. I mean, having said that, I, I still think that you know the overall level of this. Uh, I mean, I never, I never thought about, you know, skipping an episode. I mean, I, I did enjoy it. Maybe that enjoyment was enhanced because I, I now knew it was the last series. Right. But um, I, I, I always watched them live as they went out. Yeah. All right. Things start kicking off in the next one. Uh, with all my heart. Uh, Merlin reveals Guinevere's betrayal to Arthur. Merlin, which... Sorry, I'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> Merle resolves to bring the old Gwen back, and Gaius suggests that they travel to uh, Dochered. Uh, under threat, the Dochered explains that Gwen must enter the magic lake willingly to be cleansed by the White Goddess. Arthur, Merlin, and Mordred uh, take the unconscious Gwen to the lake, where Merlin takes on the, di- the guise of uh, Dolma, a female sorceress, to perform a, c- a ceremony. Arthur must use Gwen's love for him to convince her to enter the lake. Merlin, still in disguise, asks Arthur not to forget that magic saved his queen. Mordred confronts Merlin on the way back, knowing that the magic that saved Gwen was his. Um, his female impersonation wasn't very good. No. Yeah, what? Yeah, what? Da, 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 da. <laughs> it was hopeless. Uh, I mean, but uh, this one got me because we, we completely missed the exposition where Merlin unless I fell asleep or something I don't know um, but was it was there no on-screen explanation to 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 Arthur that of Guinevere's betrayal um, I I just don't remember I'm gonna have to go back and look at it I could be wrong answers on the back of a postcard um, but it just seemed to kind of open with them, like, well, you know, she's bad. Okay, sure. Yeah, <laughs> she it? was in a malaise, but it wasn't. It wasn't uh, her. Her loyalty to him wasn't questioned. I think. I don't think Arthur got that part of it. Um, yeah, but it, it just seemed to kind of start off really kind of abruptly, like, we're going to say Gwen. Okay, sure. 
<laughs> There's yeah. no kind of, you know, pretext for it. Like, no, I've got something awful to tell you. The reason why that you were almost killed in the previous episode by somebody else was because of your wife. <laughs> right. And I think this, of course, if the holes of this series five hadn't been so dark, this would have been like the second line. I mean, it's episode nine. Uh, where again, as I say, usually early on you have a you have you have a funny a funny one the uh, uh, whatever it happens to be the um, you know the goblins goldy type one, and then you'll have um, uh, I think we had one where um, about eight or nine in one of them we had that plumpish fairy that came with you know uh, trying to fall in love with Gaius and things like that. And so, that was the one where the the the, the uh, Uther was gonna marry a woman who looked like a pig or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, yeah 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 so that's where uh, this probably sort of stuck out a little bit because of that because it was you know set amongst quite dark other stories right so you're right but so a little bit of the plot uh passed us by our i got brushed over very Briefly, right. simply so that uh, we could have Merlin in this sort of slightly comic role. Right. And and you had to give Merlin the opportunity to say, magic saved your you know, your one true love. Um, we, we have not really had this kind of uh, Arthur being saved by magic, so he has to go easy on the magic people uh, kind of episode. And that's kind of what this is. Um, but there was a lot of good comedy in there too. Um, I do love the interplay between, um, Arthur and, and, and Merlin in whatever guise he's in, whether it's the, <laughs> the old Merlin or the, uh, the female version. Hmm. Um, but yes, the, the, the ending's quite sudden and quick and kind of, Oh, sure. That was resolved rather nicely. Um, yeah, so, all right, we'll skip ahead next to, uh, episode 10, the kindness of strangers. Uh, Morgana is determined to discover Emerus's identity. She captures Alator, who possesses this knowledge, but he refuses to reveal it. Meanwhile, a mysterious woman tells Merlin to meet her in the woods. Merlin goes and she finds, uh, he finds that she is a follower of Alator, named uh, Fina. They are attacked by knights from Camelot, and Fina flees. Morgana sent, uh, finds a note sent from Fina to Alator and begins searching for her. Merlin reaches her first, and they talk, uh, before being attacked by Morgana's men. Merlin is wounded, but they manage to escape, and Fina de- delivers Arthur's uh, destiny to Merlin. She takes Merlin's sword and tells him to flee. Uh, Morgana arrives and confronts Fina, asking for Emerus's identity, but Fina commits suicide with Merlin's sword. Da, da, da. Uh, it's a good one. It's suspenseful and and everything, but it just seems to serve this this purpose of um, revealing Emerus's identity. And uh, I love uh, I have to find his name. The, the guy who plays Alator. I love his voice. Again, it's 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 like. Uh, Oh, he's, he's a good standard uh, actor in the UK and um, hunting for the list of characters at the moment. Alator. <laughs> yes. Uh, well, while Dave searches for that, it's it, it's a, it's a good episode. It is. It's it's well played and 
uh, Gaius really kind of screws things up a bit on this one. Uh, you know, Gaius is like, oh, don't go and talk to her because it's it's bound to be a trap, and he's he's wrong. I mean, the trap is that he actually goes and tells Gary Lewis. Gary Lewis, lovely accent is Gary Lewis. Uh, yes, there we go. And and uh, people may know him. One of his most famous roles in the UK, he played the part of uh, Billy Elliot's father. Uh, if you've ever seen the movie Billy Elliot, he, he plays his father who, uh, who, who who thinks his son's going to have boxing lessons. It's in the minor strike. Thinks his son's going to have boxing lessons, and he turns up there to bring him home because he's his police presence and finds his bloody son in the dan uh, the ballet dancing class. <laughs> it gives him a right good belting, you know. Yep. Uh, he's also in in Outcasts, which of course he would have been in uh, with um, um, Coy. We lost his name again. Anyway, never mind. We'll move on from that. Uh, from, oh yes, uh, with Lee, with uh, yeah. yeah, Liam Cunningham. Liam. Yeah, here we go. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it, I mean, yeah, the, the whole her delivering the note to him and him not destroying the note just to me was way too convenient you know he, he gets the note it's like normally you know prisoners of war they would uh destroy the note they'd eat it or something but no he leaves it conveniently in a cell for the guards to find hey look we found out the name of the and she signs the note too yeah couldn't you just say found amorous all's good no, she, well, I have found our savior, Emerus, and I'm with him right now, and my name's Fina. Uh, something like, um, I carry an umbrella on a Thursday. You know, these sort of yeah. really spy ones like that. I'm wearing know. a red raincoat <laughs> in case you need to find me. The wind uh, blows hard across the deserts. Mind you, it, it bugs me how they actually did find her. Yes, I'm. You know, you, you found out her name. Whoop a doo! I'm sure a lot of people at that time of, uh, you know, of history were uh, were called Fina. So, but anyway, they found it just, her. It does play, tra- play a plot. This is the one where she actually takes his magic from him, doesn't it? With that that creature. No, no, no that's uh, that's oh, okay. That's coming. Oh, Don't get ahead of the game. Oh. Get ahead of the game. Yeah, it's that mandrake. It's still dripping on me. I'm sorry. There you go. There you go. But anyway, um, I mean, we're we're a bit hard on the episode, but of course, it's it's this is our kind of in depth review of like the whole thing, and they're good, entertaining episodes. Oh, I enjoy, I, I, there's not one episode I didn't enjoy. Uh, just you know, just to clarify that. Right. I just want you to know that we're we're not being you know hard on Merlin. It's just when you view it as a the whole, you kind of see the direction they're moving and you know where we're going. But anyway, uh, we move on from the kindness of strangers to the drawing of the dark, episode eleven. Mordred finds himself torn between loyalty and love, but little does he realize that the path he chooses will shape Camelot's destiny. As the drums of war beat ever louder. A desperate Merlin feels trapped by the cruel circle of fate. He is powerless to stop his dreams of Albion from crumbling to dust. Oh, man, I hated this episode. Because it's so completely obvious and quite obviously so. Um, you know, here we've got the, the ultimate betrayal. You know, oh, no, no, Mordred's really, really good. and He really, really likes Arthur. But... This chick he likes, 
you know, really wants him to come back with her to her room, but he's going to kill the king first. You know, uh, well, I actually doesn't have to kill the king, but she's really, really uh, a, a nasty lady. Um, she she and, was actually quite surprised me when yeah. she kills that bloke. Says, well, he is the enemy. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, and he just doesn't see that he's being manipulated. And it's just, it just, to me, you know, if something like this had been served up uh, episode three um, and then drawn out, that it would have been okay as a subplot. Then we could have seen this whole, you know, development of his mistrust of Arthur. And but it just seems. Um, and we'll get to that at the end. Um, like somebody found out something a little late on in the piece and decided to kind of draw things in. I don't know. Uh, but again, it's this, you really don't see how really bad your girlfriend is. Um, and you're just going to, you know, take her side. Wow. What a guy, <laughs> an ultimate guy, you know, he's thinking with the other head. Um, but you know, that's 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 my review of that. I was just not impressed with that. I mean, it sets everything up, yes, and I understand that, and it had to be done. But it just seemed very, very abrupt and very, very quick, and I just you know didn't really appreciate the 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 the, the quickness of it. You know, Dave. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I'm just thinking that um, yeah, I, I actually quite I certainly like the actress. I was looking for the actress who played Cara, but. Uh, he doesn't seem to be listed on the, the wiki page I'm looking at. Um, but um, in, in some sense, she was a very true... I mean, she was a bit of a, a resistance fighter in a way, wasn't she? So in, in one sense, where where um, Mordred was sort of uh, equivocal and he, he seemed to be, you know, going which, whichever side was winning, this girl was absolutely resolute, you know, that, um, that um, it doesn't matter whether Arthur had made some changes... He was still classed as the enemy and wouldn't wouldn't allow witchcraft in his domain. Right. Uh, therefore, as far as she was concerned, everything was black and white. <laughs> the other thing is, she was black. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, and of course, too, it, it kind of plays back on the whole. Uh, you know, Merlin saying, "Just remember that magic just saved your wife." And here he he is like, "I won't have magic anywhere near here." It's like, um, yeah, there was a couple of episodes ago that you said that, the, you know, <laughs> you were told. Uh, uh, well, you see, what you've got to remember, Ian, is you're a young man, uh-huh. but right? Yeah. But as you get older, you suddenly find that you do change into your own father. You suddenly find you do, you'll say something to your son one day, you think, God, I'm changing into my father. Right. And that's what, you know, what I think sometimes Arthur's doing in this. Right. Or has that not happened to you yet? Oh, that's happened. Don't worry. I've I've looked around and looked over my shoulder to look for my father, and he wasn't there. And it was me. It was me who said it. Yeah. All right. Well, this 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 brings us up to uh, the Diamond of the Day, which is an odd, odd two parter, an odd title. But hey, yeah, we'll 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 take it. So he's a diamond geezer. That's why he's diamond. He's he's diamond. He's uh, so um. Uh, let me just we'll we'll tackle these as as, as one entire thing. Uh, so, uh, episode twelve, um, high in the mountains, a great horde gathers. Uh, Morgana prepares for war with the vengeful uh, Mordred at her side. 
Merlin feels the weight of his destiny like never before as the ancient prophecies play out with terrifying accuracy. But before he can save his beloved Camelot, he must save himself. For it is not just the kingdom Morgana wishes to destroy. It is also Emerus. Oh, by the way. Yeah, she now knows who he is. Um, And so it seems the prophets did not lie. The great battle rages on... uh, and Merlin faces his moment of destiny. Can he find the strength to save the man uh, made uh, the man he made king, uh, the Camelot he fought to build, and the brotherhood they shared? Now this whole ending is is really. I had a little bit of a look on an internet movie database, and it's slated people, uh, including our very own, uh, if you'll remember, Howley T, and uh, our very own Merlin from the Golden Collective. Uh, we're not happy with it. Uh, but basically, here's how it goes. You know, the battle does ensue as prophesied. Uh, uh, Morgana manages to sneak in a, uh, a box with a thing that can steal away his magic, and it sucks away his magic, so he's left magicless. But he finds out that if he can go to the Crystal Cave, hmm, where have we heard of the Crystal Cave before? Uh-huh. Um, well, that does at least bring us full circle back to the beginning. Right, and where, it also it also plays right into the legend too of of, uh, of him being imprisoned in the crystal cave, blah blah. blah. So we do play back into into legend um, or myth, as you whichever you prefer. Um, and so of course he goes to find you know his magic again, and she f- she finds out he's going there, and uh, because somebody's getting a little too loose lipped in bed. Uh, <laughs> And, uh, and so Morgana shows up there and, and you know, uh, thinks she's destroyed him for good. And, of course, she just blows him into a cave that's full of crystals that give him his magic back. And we get to see his dad again. Yay! Dreams of daddy. It's kind of like a well, Jedi th- thing. This, again, brought me back to Smallville and, uh, you know, um, Clark Kent going back to his, um, you know, uh, his fortress of solitude. Right. Uh, right. And... Uh, of course, he, he has visions of his father, as you said, right. just like Arthur had earlier. But um, it was, there's a little bit of um, what you might call emotional mumbo jumbo there about right. uh, you know his father. I mean, because basically, uh, the, if you go all the way back to the start of the series, you know, uh, Burnley didn't really have a high opinion of his father because it was his mother that brought him up. Right. If you remember, yeah. so um, whether he would listen to him, but anyway. Right. Uh, Successfully, it, it does mean that Merlin comes out. Now, I didn't know, by the way, and I don't. I know we'll sum up in a minute, but I mean, when he comes out the cave, is is the old Merlin, right? But before, he's always had to drink from this uh, tincture or liquid to change himself yeah. into the old Merlin. From- uh, where this, it's almost as though he paid a price right. to get his magic back. Right. Well, well, from what I understand is that, that by moving closer to the other crystals that were in the cave, he was brought up to his full power, full Merlin. Um, you know, exactly. But he must than... have sacrificed 20, 50 years of his life. No, know? because he does change back later on, if you remember. He changes ah. back to, to regular Merlin. So well, what, what I figure is he can now change at will because he has the ability now to do it without a potion. He can just <sighs> click his fingers and be the well, old dude. Good. Um, but it was a nice moment where you know, right before the end of the episode, he comes out of the cave and he's like, you know, the old what Merlin 
in everybody's mind looks like you know uh from the old myths and legends when you were told about him as a kid you know the long flowing white hair and the beard and you know um so we end on a on a kind of nice cliffhanger where he's freed from the cave and uh, battle is ensuing etc etc now, just before you talk about the second part, mm-hmm. there was also a slight change here because, of course, normally uh, on that cliffhanger, you'd have to wait till the following Saturday. Right. Now, this part one was on the Saturday, certainly in the UK, the 22nd, but you didn't have to wait till the following because they played part two on Christmas Eve, the Monday the 24th. So it became part of the Christmas uh, event. So, uh, you know, you only it was a cliffhanger, but you only had to wait from Saturday to Monday. So... One of the advantages of that was, although they had a recap, you know, it, all these events were still fairly fresh in your mind if you were able to watch them at the original viewing. Right. So we go straight into, of course, uh, uh, the, the the conclusion. And everything plays out as, as it's supposed to, really. I mean, uh, but of course, Merlin thinks he's, he's, he's saved today and saved everything. But uh, Mordred does indeed run him through. Uh, uh, Arthur, that is, and of course Arthur then gets back up and runs him through. Uh, you take that. <laughs> well, it's slightly more than that because uh, at first we think it's going to be all right, but of course the the sword that he'd been given uh, had also been uh, forged in the dragon's breath. You remember the that she has that uh, white dragon. Right. Of course, Merlin has the main dragon, but the, uh, and and the sword is breathed on by the dragon, and so it's 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 a magical wound as well. Uh, otherwise, it'd be just a wound in his side. Uh, we we would have expected Merlin, as you said, with his heightened powers, uh, to have cured him, but um, again, forged in the dragon's breath. Right. So. Uh, yeah. So. Everything plays out, and and uh, I don't really understand how Gaius got to where he got to. But again, I may have fallen asleep. I don't know. Uh, well, well, I think he had to uh, to get the the others sorted, and um, he also was trying to buy time. I think for Merlin to 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 he hoped uh, cure Arthur, you know, out of sight of everyone else. But right. we 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 then they have the uh, the bromance part of the. Uh, episode coming up don't we <laughs> is that the right word i never get these things right yeah um well i mean it, 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 yeah here we here we go into the basically the final and you know what's the final because um uh merlin says goodbye to gaius which is a, just an odd thing he's just going back home uh, he's probably most likely to make it because you know we don't end up following him but there's a goodbye scene because we know we're not going to see gaius with Merlin again, so it has to happen. Um, um, let me just interject here, Ian. Um, I think, uh, although we, we've we not really played any clips during here, I think this is a place where we ought to uh, play the clip of, um, you know, Merlin telling Arthur. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, a clip would uh, not go amiss. And here it is. I'm sorry. I thought I'd defied the prophecy. I thought I was in time. What are you talking about? I defeated the Saxons. 
Dragon. Yeah. And yet, and I knew it was more to that I must stop. The person who defeated them was the sorcerer. It was me. Stupid, what? Why would you say that? I'm a sorcerer. I have magic. And I use it for you, Arthur. Only for you. Mullen, you are not a sorcerer. I would know. Look. So yes, now now he knows, and uh, the reactions are, are interesting. You know, it takes his time and uh, and figures out exactly uh, what uh, you know how he's going to react. What's um, a fine, an interesting little kind of voyage. But but at this point. I was, I don't know about you, uh, as a fan, I'm thinking, well, you know, you know what's going to happen? And, and I, I must admit, I was I was very pleased with myself. I thought, the struggling like this, he's, um, he's going to summon the dragon. Summon the dragon. Will you, blood, will you summon the dragon? You know, we've got to get to the island. Uh, he, he's, he's collapsing. He's not going to make it. Summon the dragon. So he summons the dragon. What does the blooming dragon do? doesn't take them to the island uh, right in the middle of the lake. He takes it to the lake site and there's a little boat, you know, the impossible astronaut's boat at the river. <laughs> and um, I'm thinking, this is, I've, I've been here before. So, you know, then at this point, I'm sure all the fans were thinking, well, we know it might be the end of the series, but it, it, it's going to, he's going to, at this final moment, now he's got to the thing. Uh, be able to uh, save the day, as it were. Right. Uh, I mean, there were a lot of great moments leading up to this, and and uh, I'm 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 not as as mad as some of the fans are about this, because it to me it does play into. I guess it's all summed up in in, in the next clip I'm going to play. I'm going to play it right now. Uh, here it is. Merlin. There is nothing you can do. I failed. No, young warlock, for all that you have dreamt of building has come to pass. 
can't lose him! He's my friend! Though no man, no matter how great, can know his destiny, some lives have been foretold, Merlin. Arthur is not just a king. He is the once and future king. Take heart, for when Albion's need is greatest, Arthur will rise again. It has been a privilege to have known you, young Warlock. The story we have been a part of will live long in the minds of men. Out of the uh, dragon's mouth come the, the the words. I mean, I guess it all always had to play out like this: the once and future king, and that's exactly what it means. You know, he it, we were always leading really to this point. I think the thing that people have a problem with is that we didn't get enough prior to this. We didn't get enough. You know. Well, there's been a rewrite. There's, there's yeah. obviously been a rewrite, hasn't right. there? I, I mean, so. once they found out that there's been a rewrite. I, I mean, they, they they say that this has always been their plan, but I don't really necessarily believe that. Not I, at the end of this series, maybe right. like series uh, seven or something. Yeah, I, I really do believe that the BBC pulled the plug on it. Mm. Uh, I don't believe for a second that that this was the writers uh, and creators original idea um well, well with my cynical hat on what i would say <laughs> is that um they all signed up for five years right there's no point in doing one more series so the the next option would be to sign them up for to do two more right. and if i was these stars i mean let's face it um you know your cutie pie man and that uh, <laughs> he's he's ready to bust out and you know make a name for himself right uh, uh and uh and also the actor playing Gaius, um, what's it is, um, you know, probably had enough of traipsing over to France every time. So <laughs> the point is, they're the probably the costs, the numbers didn't work to sign them all up for two more series, I think. Right. That's probably what it is. Yeah. But having said that, it is marvellous. And I do agree that um, in America, I think they would have always left uh, an out, wouldn't they? They would always left the opening uh, for him to continue. Now, we'll talk about the final scene uh, in, in a little moment, but in terms of the actual hero dying, I don't think in an American series that would have happened. Um, certainly at, at Series 5, but um, in, in, in a way, when I think back on it now, I think it was the satisfactory ending. As you say, uh, this man has to become a legend right. uh, to be there whenever England needs him. Right. And and when you think about it in that way, this had to be the solution. It just, as you rightly say, seemed as though they brought it to a slightly premature conclusion. Right. I think we needed to see those three years that we got told that passed 
to really kind of appreciate what happens here. And that's, I think, what a lot of fans were missing. Yeah, we never was, saw the Golden Age, did we, really? No, no, we didn't. We didn't get to see enough of that. We got just plunged straight into the ending. I mean, if, if they ever decided to bring this back, that's what they could do. They could fill in those three years that we missed. Um, I, I did love the, the, the departing scenes. You know, the, the, his you know, final breaths of saying thank you to, to, to Merlin. And, uh, you know, this, the, the, the whole thing, of course, playing right into the, to people like our very own uh, Romana too, um, saying, hold me. <laughs> mm. uh, yes, the uh, shippers love that, I'm sure. Um, but, uh, you know, and, and all the while, it's just quite sad, too, because, you know, once he went into battle, he never got to see Gwen again. And, you know, it was... Uh, but again, I think this was the the right ending. It's just mm. we didn't get the right build up. I don't think. I think it was rushed. I think um, decisions were forced on people. Um, again, this is just we're just guessing and uh, making stuff up because you know we don't really know. We've been told that this is what they planned all along. I think they had planned this ending all along, but I don't think they. Uh, were aware until the last moment that they didn't have as much time as they thought they were going to have. And so I think they had to skip ahead those three years and and kind of pull us up short. Um, right. Now, I, I don't think we're going to have a long uh, bit at the end because we've actually talked a lot of our thoughts through these various episodes. Right. But, I mean, uh, one of the things I was thinking, you know, I was just, you know, mulling over this situation uh, in my mind about you know how I felt about it and they can't surely be doing this or they are doing it is this a mistake is it closing the door on things too too finally or, uh, is it actually a fitting end uh, and then uh, we get a, a complete turn left out of the blue so I don't know if you want to talk about that yet I'll just sum up what your thoughts were uh, uh, let's deal with that little ending scene last and, and just some how we thought series five stacked up against the previous series. Perhaps right. we should do that first. Yeah. Um, well, of course, the big scene that's, that's really grating, I think, a lot of fans is the truck. Look out for that truck. What truck splat? Um, no, you know, the truck passes by the camera, which is actually, I think it's quite brilliant in the way that you're you're kind of so sucked into this ending. It pans back from the island, doesn't it? You're yeah, the and, then, and then you get this, it basically just, it just, it, it, it's kind of a, a scare. You know, it's one of those little it's kind a of... jolt. It's like, whoa. Um, and then, of course, you see, you know, Merlin, you know, walking past and, and kind of pausing by the lake, um, awaiting the return. And... Uh, the good and bad of that is that you know that he's still around and he's awaiting, you know, um, Arthur's return, but also that puts it in to more of a reality mode. That places it, well, we saw a truck, so it must be here, um, must be now. And I don't think that sits quite comfortably with people. Um, it's kind of a nice thought that we are still awaiting that time when he is needed. But then that also puts um, that puts uh, his return somewhere in the future. What? It just doesn't seem right that that king would come back now or you know in the future. So I I think that that's where it kind of 
sits oddly. And it's a very final thing. In other words, uh, he didn't come back between now and back then. So, you know, we're not yeah. going to see any more. Yeah, it's like you've jumped from Blackadder Goes Forth all the way up to 2012. It, it, you right. know, you think, well, hang on a minute, what about the 70s? Yeah. What about the 80s? Exactly. Um, I, I, I didn't like it. it. was To me, it was too much of a, a jolt. Um, uh, because the only scenario I can think in modern day, I'm afraid to say, is a kid's sort of rent-a-ghost type program right. um, with, with, with it played for comedic effect of him being a fish out of water in modern day world, you know, a la Wizards, uh, Wizards v. Aliens. Yeah. Um, so I can't see it being a prime time drama with a modern day Merlin. However, it's been done before. If you ever remember in, in America, the uh, the Kung Fu series, um, right. we, we had something like the grandson of uh, Waikan Chain suddenly turn up in, uh, you know, a police cop where his, his nephew is a policeman in Chinatown. Right. Uh, and suddenly you displaced from the 18th century, our 19th, early 19th century, all the way up to modern day. But um, to me, it, it was good. That's a bit of a, a shocker. Um, yeah. Let me just add in, uh, we've talked a long time. We didn't really intend going this long. So let me just say that I do feel as though Series 5 stacked up well and um, I was quite happy to enjoy it. Um, obviously, they battled through, uh, you know, we jumped to the end game, as you said. So I think if this had been a different Series 5, uh, enjoying more, maybe a, a slightly light-hearted Series 5 um, and then closing off with this that Series 6, I think it would have made a more satisfactory collection of series going into six, maybe even seven. I think I don't think Merlin could have done more than seven series. Right. Uh, and remember, we're talking about UK series now, people. Yeah. We're not talking about 20-odd episodes. We're talking about 13 episodes in each of the sections. Uh, so I think it could have gone one more, two more. But, of course, we've skipped three years. That certainly could have taken up one more series. But um, uh, this last episode... Um, We've got this long, you know, uh, you know uh, exposition, which was very nice and moving. And then suddenly, uh, a little bit like when I was watching Doctor Who and we're, we're really having a, a really emotional one. And then suddenly the Titanic crashes into the TARDIS. I'm thinking, <laughs> uh, you know, I was just bemoaning that last moving scene. And what? What? Yeah. What? I mean, that's right. I was literally doing that to the TV screen. Right. Yeah. I mean, I was, I keep looking back and I'm like, I'm happy enough with the way it ended. I just wish we'd had a little more in in, in between. And uh, I do like the whole thing that's, that, that uh, the dragon says that, you know, that our, our stories will become, you know, uh, you know, we talked about by men you know, for years to come. And I, I kind of like that, that, you know, it kind of reads to the whole um, myth of, you know, Merlin and Arthur. And, um, but, you know, it's, at the end of the day, you're at the whim of, of the writers and the series creators and, and I'm happy enough. I'm not, I'm not as mad as a lot of fans, but, you know, I don't think I 
take it quite as seriously as all the fans do, and, and and they're quite welcome to that too. You know, it's it's their thing to be possessive of, and and I understand that. Um, but it was it was good. Um, I'm gonna miss it as a show because I I did love the interplay between Merlin and Arthur. They did the the patter between them was very very funny, and I really liked it. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I do believe it has launched the careers of some uh, actors and actors here. I mean, uh, uh, Colin Morgan. Uh, by the way, uh, just to remind people, if they think, well, why else did I see him in? Of course, he was in that uh, Doctor Who episode, uh, Midnight. Yep. That was where we, he first came to many people's attention. He's still only, uh, what, 27? Um, oh. So, um, I mean, he obviously is going to be... Uh, making uh, a lot, hopefully, of his fame. Uh, Bradley James, I think Ian thinks that he's got a bit of a future in <laughs> TV and uh, movies. <laughs> uh, uh, Angel, is it Angel? Angel Colby. Colby. yeah. Um, I thought a rather unusual choice as Guinevere, but she actually turned out to be a, a great actress and she, she, um, she brought a, a new dimension to the part, so... Right. Uh, all in all, I was pleased about it in the end. Yeah. Well, I did think she was a slightly unconventional choice. Um, Kate McGrath, I think she actually, um, uh, as Morgana, really only came into her own once she actually left uh, Camelot and became, uh, you know, the main villain of the piece. Right. Um, uh, I'm sure she'll go on to do great things. Uh, and Richard Wilson, I don't know whether, I mean, he's now 76, would you believe? Um, he may uh, have reached a point where you know he's quite happy that his role as Gaius has come to an end. Right. Uh, I'm not saying it's the last we'll see of him. And of course, one last person that we never saw on Merlin, but made a contribution to it, was the voice of the dragon, John Hurt. Yep. Um, the only thing I have to say about the cast is I, I still can't believe after all these years that there's still people on the Internet Movie Database bemoaning the fact that Angel Colby as a person of color, is playing Guinevere. Um, I just don't understand people's thought patterns. Uh, you know, it's like they're saying that in in this time of myth and magic and talking dragons, that you can't have a black person being Queen Guinevere. Well, well, I'm, I'm awful because my issue wasn't. I just didn't think she was pretty enough right. to play. I think she was pretty enough to play this person who'd stolen the heart. Don't forget, she's supposed to have stolen the heart of both Arthur and Lancelot. Right. But, you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. And have you seen some of those paintings from back then? Yeah. I'm not saying she isn't pretty. I think she's a very pleasant and, uh, uh, and pretty girl. But she didn't seem to be something, right. uh, some style of... No, that's what it's, the characterization you would have thought would have stolen Arthur's heart. Right. I I think it was more her character than anything else that, that, yes, that was yeah, found to be yeah. attractive. She was uh, she was kind to the people and um, a, a good influence on Arthur, which was which is more than just a pretty face, which is good. I think I I like the fact that they went with something a little unconventional. They went with um, a commoner rather than a princess. And yeah, it made his growth into that king all the more believable. 
Oh yeah, I mean she's. I mean, if you look at her acting credits, I mean uh, she's been in Casualty and uh, Holby City and uh, uh, Hustle, Doctor Who. Yep. Um, she was in The Girl in the Fireplace. Uh, she's in The Bill. Uh, she's been. In, I mean, she knows her craft, right. and uh, that's one thing about the the whole thing. And, and I did like the fact that it moved into HD. But um, I'm pretty much done here. Uh, we yeah. we we were only going to do this, um, as I say, just the two of us. Only be twenty uh, minutes. For some, for some, yeah, exactly. For some reason, we've talked slightly more than an hour, right. um, and I'm quite happy to leave it at that point. In yep. all right. Well, that wraps it up for our review of uh, of Merlin. Thank you for uh, for joining us and, and and putting up with our picking it apart uh, piece by piece, uh, but. Let me tell you, I did enjoy the show, and uh, I look forward to, um, at some point uh, in the very near future, rewatching it. So, uh, and uh, hope you do too. And maybe stay tuned for some uh, uh, talking over the top of episodes from the Cultum Collective commentary team. So, stay uh, tuned for that in the future. But until then, it's goodbye for Mr. Dave AC. And it's goodbye from Ian, the Sixth Doctor. Hocus pocus, everybody. Goodbye. We have to make it to the lake. Uh, Not without the horses. It's too late. It's too late. We all matter. I saved my life. I can't. I'm not going to lose you. Just, just, just hold me. Please. There's, there's something I want to say. You're not going to say goodbye. No. You can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.